The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Retcher King Wassenaar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to week nine of the NALCS Guess the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot. We're in the home stretch, guys. It's just one more week. And usually I'd be talking about all the exciting matchups that are coming up that would have huge playoff implications. But North America was kind enough to wrap up most of this already. Five of the six playoff teams are confirmed. One of the relegations teams is already confirmed, and the other two are all but confirmed given the strength of schedule they have for the rest of the week. So we've just got a few things to go over, but it's going to be a really fun breakdown just to see how high some of these crazy lines can go. And I can't think of anyone I would rather break down all of this insanity with my good friend, Walter C.A.D.S. Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Oh man, insanity. Insanity has risen from the flames, much like a phoenix. <laughs> and soon it will die out and be yet again reborn. Like a phoenix. <laughs> like I, a phoenix. You know, one of these days we're going to learn to stop putting Phoenix 1 in three-team teasers. I don't think Phoenix 1 likes this very much because we went 0-3 last week in our smart money bets because of them. Uh, first of all, we had Team Liquid minus 111 over CLG. We lost that, but I'd still make that bet every time. I don't feel badly yep. about that bet. Yep. Uh, we had Echo Fox potentially taking a map over CLG just because the odds were so good. Our bad. We should have uh, realized that Echo Fox had pulled a rock hat and given up hope a long time ago. That's on us. But we had Apex over Echo Fox. Cloud9 over Envious. Both came through. And I was listening back to the podcast, and my exact words were, Walter, should we just throw in TSM over Phoenix 1 since it's basically a lock and it puts us in the positives? And you're like, yeah, sure. It can't hurt us. And it hurt us because Phoenix 1 somehow took down the chips. And so we lost the three-team teaser. This is our third minus 300 week of the split. We are actually in the red in North America. We're up 700 in Europe, but we're down 264 in North America. So... To all of you lovely people at home, I don't know. I guess we should have had more faith in Phoenix 1. I don't know how they keep doing this to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still sort of at a loss for words from it. And TSM tried to, tried to pull it around the, the following day against Envy and absolutely crushed them. And I don't know why they let Malzahar through two times since that seems to be the only goddamn champion that period can play. <laughs> I mean, I is, is, is that talk me through your your mindset as you're watching this? Because I, I, you know, as a TSM fan, you've been impenetrable 
And it's Phoenix one. Like, is it one of those things where, you know, at first you're in denial that it happened. You had to slowly wrap your mind around the fact that Pyrian beat Bjergsen and Lane twice in a three match series. See, it, it's, it's, it's not angry Walter today. It's disappointed dad, Walter uh, in TSM. Disappointed dad or disappointed parent. The, the disappointed parent tone of voice is way worse than any angry. Because the anger is like quick. It dissipates, whatever. But like that disappointment just kind of settles. And it's like this fog that falls over you. And your mom or your dad is just like, well, that's okay, I guess. And that tone and that just that guess just hangs over you like a low cloud. And you're like, damn, why can't you just be angry at me? That's over <laughs> a flash. That's thunder, lightning, done. And this is just like a heavy fog. Yeah. He's very sad about it. And um, I thought game two, Phoenix one absolutely deserved it. Um, the Rengar play was absolutely phenomenal yeah. from Inori. Um, I don't think it deserved a ban. I think that's one of those picks that you get one shot at it. And I don't think it works the second time unless you're one of the absolute best at that champion. And I think that the TSM had a little hubris and were a little too confident in that Talia into Malzahar matchup mm-hmm. when Pyrian didn't even try to fight him. Pyrian's like, I'm going to just pull the king thing. I'm just going to farm. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here. So what if you roam? Sure, you can get a few kills. I'm just going to take your tower. I'm just going to keep doing this. And just the, the compositions that were built by Phoenix 1 in games 2 and 3 were very intelligent, and they just centered around, sure, just call MIA on Bjergsen, and we'll try not to die. That that was really all it was, and I was just disappointed that after game two, they looked at the game and said, yeah, Rengar was really the problem. When Yeah, Rengar had the high stat line, but that wasn't the problem. Sure, you could have played a lot smarter against it. You could have got a lot you know, more deep vision, really had Svenskeren and Biofrost go into the enemy jungle and get wards on the camps, get wards on the jungle entrances. Um, but at the end of the day, it was the combination of like CC that really made that, that composition work. And they did the same thing in game three. It's it's centered around the Malzahar. And I'm I'm really kind of this is the first time I've been sort of flabbergasted by by Parse decision making and pick band phase. And that's why I say I think they just had a lot of faith in Bjergsen's Talia and really thought that's the counter pick, and now he's gotta go back to the drawing board. But at the same time, I'm really glad that they got the loss out of the way. Yeah, it absolutely sucks that it's to, you know, freaking Phoenix one and it blows a three-team teaser for us. Um, and wasn't just like an embarrassment because Phoenix One, you know, didn't deserve to be in the LCS according to Piglet. But <laughs> well, I'm Piglet isn't not- in the LCS, so I guess he would be one to know and recognize it. So <laughs> who knows? After relegations, he might be. He might be back in the LCS. You don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but 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 it just kind of comes down to I'm I I as a TSM fan, I'm disappointed in the loss, but I'm glad they got the loss out of the way. I'm glad, you know, they rebounded against Envious. Literally, it was night and day difference between playing Phoenix 1 that night, the, the day before, and then going against Envious the next day. They crushed Envious. Oh, yeah. It was not even close. Let's be clear. This so, loss does not change the fact that TSM is the best team in North America. I mean, we'll see against Immortals. That's going to be the big match their, of the week. Their password security isn't, however. Yeah, well. <laughs> always two-step off- authenticate your Twitter accounts, people. That is what we learned if you are a celebrity like we are, you should be using two-step authentication. Clearly, TSM just needs to shore up things on that end. But I'm not so convinced that they've shored up 
the other end of this. You talk about getting a loss out of the way. This is a very common theme when you look at traditional sports as well. But the thing is, why did they lose that game? It's because Parth looked at Bjergsen and said, what do you feel about this matchup? And Bjergsen said, I got this. And Parth said, okay, because he trusts Bjergsen. And Bjergsen gets to make that call. And Bjergsen's earned the right to make that call. If that same situation was in the playoffs, there's no way Parth overrules Bjergsen. The exact same thing will play out the exact same way because if Bjergsen believes he can beat it, he is going to prove that he can beat it. That's just how he's wired. So I don't think you got anything out of the way. I just think you revealed a, a problem in how TSM does draft and that Bjergsen is Bjergsen. He is the leader of this team. He has the rights. You know, if you think about, you know, who has the keys to the car, Bjergsen has the keys. Whatever he wants to do, whatever composition he wants to play, that's where TSM's going to follow. And in this case, it hurt them because he was so convinced in a matchup that clearly did not go his way. And, you know, it ended up hurting his team. But does this mean that Bjergsen's going to be less confident in himself and in a matchup, you know, whatever matchup ends up being the big mid lane matchup when the playoff patch comes around? I don't think so. I'd be so, I would be heavily surprised to see that mentality change. I just think that's how Bjergsen's wired. And I'm not sure I'd want him wired any other way for the record. I don't know if I'd see it as a purely negative thing, but it's something that you have to take into account. And I think it's a very interesting lesson that TSM learned. And I'm very curious to see how Immortals will react. Because, you know, by the way, even if you think you could beat Malzahar, what else does Pyrian play? How about that? Like, were you worried of Varus? Was that the problem? That you really thought that was a thing you needed to do? Like, his champion pool's so shallow. You would just think you'd target it anyway, even if you weren't afraid of his Malzahar. I didn't get it. Nobody got it. We're going to get to some games this week. Let's start with our first group of games, Walter. As you know, if you listen to our EU podcast, I've grouped all these matchups. So we're not going exactly in chronological order, but we're keeping it as close as possible when we can. And it starts with the almost irrelevant category. Yay! These are two teams in Phoenix 1 and NRG who will almost certainly be in relegation because they each have to play two teams that will almost certainly beat them and make sure that whoever wins the matchup between them will take the number one seed. Uh, first up is Phoenix 1 versus Immortals. Walter, is there any chance that Phoenix 1 are secretly god killers and that Immortals are just next on their list of teams that are at the top of the charts to cross off? No, I'm not even going to waste my time discussing this series. <laughs> it's Immortals minus 1,000. Okay, and you get this one, because I went too low. I thought maybe people would give too much credit to Phoenix 1 after winning a series. I had it at minus 900. I didn't give them that much credit. Don't worry, I gave them half credit, because against TSM, they were at minus 2,500. So I gave them, like, more than half credit. That's, that's fair. They definitely did make a leap from last week, but it is minus 1,667. Uh, Phoenix won at plus 725. <laughs> We laugh at that, but last week we could have gotten plus 800 or something if we'd stuck with Phoenix 1, so who knows? There's not, there is nothing. You could have had me come from the future. You could have sent me (laughs) back in time to warn my past self. And I don't know, it would have been some like Rick and Morty skit where I just would have been like, why would I ever trust you? Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm going to kill you and instead move to the future and I'll just take over as future 
Walter as past Walter and create some crazy loop in the time stream. Yeah, this is clearly an elaborate prank. Flashpoint, folks! <laughs> Next up, TSM versus NRG. I don't know if we're going to spend any more time breaking down this matchup. I think of the two, NRG is the weaker team right now. I don't know how we got to a point where a team with Santorin, who's been playing out of his mind, GBM and OQ is the second worst team in North America, but here we are. Walter, do you have any parting thoughts about NRG before we wrap up uh, what has been undoubtedly an incredibly disappointing season from this team? So if anyone's seen the animated classic, The Road to El Dorado, I need you guys to build me a boat fit enough for two gods that descended on a winged beast to rule an Aztec empire. I need to build me a boat glorious enough for that. And I need someone to finally take the corpse of Kiwi Kid off the stage. <laughs> I need you to place him in said boat. And I need you to push that boat away from the edge of Santa Monica Pier. And I need someone just to play the 420 dank weed wizard meme song <laughs> as his body floats out there and he can finally join I'm a cutie pie in the next life yeah. because as probably one of his biggest supporters outside of maybe his parents as probably I'm one of his pie, only supporters to be fair well I'm giving him his parents and I'm a cutie pie because let's be honest like <laughs> this split has killed me watching him play yeah because they finally destroyed everything that made Kiwi Kid Kiwi Kid. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. It actually hurts more than TSM losing to ever. I mean, this if is, it makes you feel better, I bet Kiwi Kids died more often than you have about this issue. <laughs> so we've got that going for us. Uh, where do you put the line, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> I I gave up on him so long ago. I'm sorry. I should you were having this moment and I'm like, ah nah. <laughs> yeah, screw it. Screw it. Who cares? I gave you your rock at moment on the last podcast. You okay? did. You're, you're clearly I the did. nice one of the two of us. This is uh just, this is what we learned cut, here. You just turn the Oscar music on, you're like, get off the stage, we're done with this. <laughs> in rem rem. Like, nope, you're done. Peace out. But, you know uh, what? Your your rant there is just about as long as Kiwi Kid's highlight reel over his career, so it's okay. It's about the same amount of time. <laughs> Anyways, this is the beginning of the end for me. Uh, I had TSM at minus 333. Wow. I went low NA this week. I don't know what could have possibly possessed you to do that, given where the lights were last They week. lost to Phoenix 1. I thought it was going to be a massive, massive, like, overcorrection. So I said TSM minus 1,000. It's minus 2,500. And I wouldn't take yeah. NRG at plus 850 to save my life, so. I wouldn't either. That's not happening. But we're going to move on from the irrelevant category. Now, No future, Walter. I'm not taking energy. Stop it. <laughs> we're going to play a different game that maybe future Walter could have told us if you hadn't sent him away. But it's uh, my favorite game show of the week. Who wants the six seed? Seriously, who wants the six seed? It's right there. You can just take it. Who wants the six seed? Uh, this is between Envy and Apex. I want to note that Envy has a one-series lead over Apex, but Apex wins the tiebreaker because of win percentage. Walter, I have a fun fact for you before we start this. 
Did you know that Envious, in their losses, has gone 0-18? They have never won a single map in a series they lost. Wait, really? Yeah, you almost have to try to be that bad. Like, Echo Fox has lost 15 series and they still took 7 maps. But Envious is 14-23, and 23, which means they got, and they've won 7 series, so they got 14 games off those 7 wins and 0 games off the 9 losses. So, basically, once you've seen game one, you know where Envious is going. That's what we found out. That, that's actually pretty impressive. I, yeah, I, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Though it will hurt them with this Apex tiebreaker situation. So, we're going to look at all four of these games here. It starts with Phoenix 1 versus Envious. Now, Walter, we, we talked about Phoenix 1 earlier. I, I actually really like Inori as a jungler. I mentioned last week I think he is an NA LCS caliber jungler. I think we will be seeing him next split if teams are I, smart. Yep, after after that Rengar game, absolutely. Even the not Rengar game, I thought his other champions were good. I thought he played. I just thought he played well. He is a solid player. He's still, you know, a, a tier below anyone like a Dardock or anyone else would be. But you know, he's got potential. I, I would definitely, uh, if you're a mid to if you're a mid tier LCS team, I take a chance on him. He has potential, but the problem is that his jungle style is so unrefined still. And that's just because he's never really been in the professional scene for a long period of time. Right. And um, it's just so, sometimes the the invades, the overaggression, he, he teeters on points where he is super gank heavy and super focused on trying to get kills in his lanes. And he teeters between that. He teeters being uh, between being super counter jungle focused and super trying to you know find the enemy jungler, duel the enemy jungler, and then he teeters between those two, and then just being super farm heavy and just I'm gonna farm. My lanes are gonna do whatever they're gonna do. I'm just gonna farm, 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 farm. And he hasn't figured out the right like ratio of each that he should be doing mm-hmm. the way a guy like a Dardock or a Rain over has. And there is a chance that as he continues to refine this style, it might translate. But I'm just worried that it would take too long for him to really refine that to be anywhere close to, you know, the top four or five junglers in North America. So, yeah, if you're a mid-tier team, maybe that's good enough. But I still need to see more of him to actually really have a solid, like, hold on where I think he would end up. I mean, that's fair, but I think the key there is I want to see more of him, whereas a couple weeks ago, we would have said, he is irrelevant, he does nothing to add to this team, I don't really care that he's here. Now I want to see more. I want to see what he can do. And we get to see it against Envious this week. I mean, Proxen has struggled recently, but he is still considered to be a mid-tier jungle talent in this LCS. Laud and Hakuo have been a very consistent bot lane. And one that should be able to pick on Mash and Gate, but the meta lends itself to the way that Phoenix One has been playing recently. Where do you see this matchup coming down to? What's the boiling point that's going to determine which one of these teams emerges on top? You know, you, you ask me these questions so often, and you know what I like to play in League of Legends. So it's the jungle. I think it comes down to Inori really showed that he does have the ability to completely take over a game and then he has the ability to transition that into his laners as we saw with game three of tsm he does have some decent depth to his champion pool he always has that pocket pick rengar you know his hackerums look good at times his olaf is look good at times his rexai has you know been fairly good um we haven't seen him a ton on like something like an elise 
Um, but that's like okay, or even like in Italy. But you know that's fine. He can always add those champions to the roster. And you know, Proxen as a jungler has just been a very weird jungler. When he's really off his like when he's off his game a little bit, he's off his game. He looks terrible. He just looks bad. Um, but when he's on his game, that you know the trio of of Ninja and Seraph and himself, they're fairly good. They're fairly strong. And Lod and and Haku have continued to you know duke it out with some of the best that North America has been able to offer. And while Haku hasn't been a shining star, I think Lod has really been a breakout performer this split. Probably NA's version of uh, Steelback from the spring. Um, and while he hasn't necessarily completely taken over games on his own. He's really been a, a steadying force on this team and the most consistent player. But at the end of the day, it's really going to come down to the duel between Proxen and and Inori and who can really get their lanes ahead and and who can influence the map more. And you know, after going last week, I really think it's it's probably Inori at this point. That's that's who I'd put my money on. Yeah, I I'm not necessarily going to disagree, but I think specifically. I want to see how Inori can play to get Pyrian ahead. Because I think the thing about Pyrian that has really worried me right now is just how shallow his champion pool is. He can play Malzahar, he can play a little bit of Vladimir, but he has not really been consistent when forced out of his comfort zone. And his comfort zone, when he falls back onto picks like Varus in this meta, you know that he, this is a guy that can be easily banned out. And I think the envious coaching staff is smart enough to take advantage of that. So it's really going to be, can Inori get Pyrian in a place where he feels comfortable? Because Zig's going to go after Seraph. I'm not worried about that at, in the slightest right now. I think Zig is basically built for this meta. He's done a great job of being an aggressive top laner that's not afraid to you know, get his hands dirty and start going toe-to-toe with people. So Inori really has to focus on keeping the mid lane going because if he can't and Ninja gets ahead, Suddenly, Lod and Hakuo, I have a lot more faith in them being able to initiate fights successfully and make the plays that need to be made than I do for Phoenix One. Walter, where do you see the line? So I have Envy as the favorites, but not as large as you might think. I have Envious at minus 160. Uh, you get it almost exactly. I said minus 130. Because I really thought Envious looked poor last week overall, especially in that Mm -hmm. DSM. They just looked like a team that had no fight. Whereas Phoenix 1 looked significantly better. Uh, So I said Envious minus 130. It is minus 169, which I'm going to say right now, Phoenix 1 at plus 130 is looking tasty to me right now. Phoenix 1, I mean, if Phoenix 1's going to win a series this week, it's going to be that one. And it yeah. would be a huge difference to being the 8 or the 9 seed. Do you really want to play the Cloud9 Challenger seed in the first round of the double elimination tournament? No. No, you don't. So Yeah, probably not. It's uh, it's certainly in play. Uh, we're going to come back to it potentially later. We're going to do Envy as a second series because the other two in this category segue well into our other section. We'll kind of be playing two game shows at once. But this is Envious versus Echo Fox. We just basically said everything we need to say about Envious. They're, they've just been very disappointing recently. Echo Fox is the place where you would imagine them to turn things around. If Envious is going to win this series, and if, if. they're going to... Oh, if. Well, okay. If. It's not... Look, the last time we guaranteed something, TSM lost to Phoenix 1. If you really want to go down that route, 
I just don't feel like we should curse teams anymore. That's all I'm saying. If, if. I, I, right now, you're saying if, and I'm going back to Disney's Hercules and the two little spawn of Hades thing going, if. Is this good? Like, no, it isn't good here. Like, what? Let me ask you a question. What have we seen from Echo Fox that makes us think that even if Envious plays horribly, that they stand a chance of winning? Let me ask you that question. I mean, Froggen still exists, and Froggen has solo carried games before, and Envious does not look like a team that's on the same page. And I am already out of possibilities. I Okay, <laughs> Envious is going to win, almost certainly. But I don't think that winning this series is enough for me to feel confident about Envious. Because if they win this series, and they most certainly will, they then are the sixth seed in the playoffs going up against either Cloud9, CLG, or Team Liquid. Those matchups all look terrible to me right now. Oh, exactly. This isn't you know, indicative of any, like, Envy could go blow Echo Fox out by 10,000 gold in 20 minutes, and I still wouldn't feel good about Envious going into the playoffs. Is there anything like, Envious could do that would make you feel good about them? Or at least better than you feel right now? Two perfect games, and, bo- and Team Liquid, Cloud9, and CLG would all have to go 0-4 this week, which I don't think is actually possible. It doesn't matter. They still wouldn't get to the four seed, even if that happened. So Right, but, but if that happens, it tells me that all those other teams have some crazy problems going on, and it is impossible because Team Liquid and Cloud9 play each other. Yeah, they, they, so don't, don't worry. That's, that's not going to be a problem. But like, it would show me that those other teams have some massive problems and that maybe Envious is on the same you know level as them. I think those three teams are almost as far ahead of Envious as Immortals and TSM are ahead of them. I think there is a massive disparity now between, you know, three, four, and five, and then six, seven, and the rest of the league. I think there's a huge disparity now, especially with CLG really turning it on, and God damn it, I can't believe I had to say those (laughs) You know, it is amazing. There are CLG fans who have just been waiting to grin this in our faces the whole time, you know, just anxiously waiting for CLG to start being good again is... We were like, oh man, looks like running it back might not have been the best idea. And then suddenly they move to a meta in which everything's just perfect for them. And they're a very good team again. And I'm not going to say I hate it because I don't hate any of these teams, but I'm not happy about it. There's something about overwhelmingly happy CLG fans that remind me of, you know, New England fans when they won that first championship. Like... (laughs) I understand that you've been struggling for a while and it was it means a lot to you guys. You're very excited. I'm happy for you. I truly am. But you could calm it down is all I'm saying. Like I really feel like you could take it down like three oh, notches. No, no, no. I'm going to I'm going to say it. <laughs> CLG fans are the <laughs> New England Patriots fans. <laughs> that after they won their, you know, second and third Super Bowl, they're like, "Oh, we're the greatest football dynasty of all time." This is the same type of douchebaggy arrogance that they all have, and I'm a TSM fan. I, we're we're the Cowboys fans. We're the Lakers fans. Like we've got the history behind us, but we're not as cool as like Steelers fans. We're like, yeah, I'm gonna go out in you know 20 below weather in the snow and wave a yellow towel around while drinking beer. I can actually relate more to them because I'm from Buffalo, and 
That's what we do in Buffalo, just minus the yellow towel. Right. You guys, like you said, like Dallas fans, you just sit back thinking about how awesome season four was and how much you wish you could be We just sit back and count our money and count our rings and we go, yeah, you know, CLG, you do have two rings, but like we won like what, four in a row, three in a row, plus the first one. So, you know, if there wasn't for that pesky little cloud nine team in there, you know, as the Giants, we'd be, we'd be swimming in gold. You know, but, for the for the record, people, this is still our envious versus Echo Fox <laughs> breakdown. There's just so little that we want to say about either. This I say this as someone who accidentally became an envious fan because I liked Renegades <laughs> before they fell out. I couldn't care less about this series. It is entirely meaningless. It will almost certainly secure envious a seed that they do not deserve, and I'm gonna have to watch them get crushed in the first round of the playoffs. I don't see what's exciting about that. I, it is what it is. What's the line, Walter? So I have Envious at minus 250. Okay. I get this one. I said Envious minus 300. It is Envious minus 400 because Echo Fox is just that terrible. We're going to move forward. Apex versus Team Liquid. This is the start of our crossover. There are two crossover episodes between this and the upcoming uh, show, Ring Around the Three Seed Carousel, because we have Liquid, Cloud9, and CLG, all within a game of each other, all of which could get the three seed, depending on how points go out and how scores go in each of these matches. So not only are all of these games must-wins, but they're must-win quicklies, because even dropping a map could hurt you in a tiebreaker when it's all said and done. So there's a lot on the line for all of these teams. And it starts with Liquid and Apex, who, by the way, given that Envious is playing Echo Fox, Apex needs both of these wins, and they're going to be two tough ones to come by. If they were going to beat Liquid, Walter, what's the path? What's the way that Apex keeps their season hopes alive? Team Liquid decides that they need to reinitiate Dardox unspecified suspension and loco doco <laughs> has to come in and play jungle for this team. <laughs> oh man. I thought you were going to say something about St. Vicious coming back for Apex because I don't know if he'd be worse than Shrimp right now. I really don't. I'm so tired of seeing Shrimp as an LCS jungler. That is something that we need to fix as soon as possible. Man, you know, Inori is going to really look really, really good on Apex next split after Phoenix 1 gets relegated. Oh, man. I, I, we'll see how all that relegation That would goes. be an entertaining team. It if absolutely you threw Inori on this team, oh, and I, replaced Apollo. Yeah, they've got to figure out. You'd still have to figure out Ray, who, I got to be honest, I think a lot of Ray's weaknesses were exposed last week. I thought especially the fact that he lost lane to KFO in the game they lost to Echo Fox. There's no way that a supposedly top-tier top laner should be doing this. He's still making really sloppy mistakes. He's still overextending. It's the same stuff we've been saying since week one. And maybe the coaching staff just isn't there for Apex right now. Maybe they just need someone whose job is specifically to watch Ray and work over his development. But regardless... Doesn't hey, matter how I'm good just, of a game Ray has against someone like Lorlo. Lorlo's so good at minimizing damage. And Shrimp is really bad. And Apollo does nothing for your team. And if it's between, you know, Shrimp and Keen or Dardock and Phoenix, I know which side I take 
every time. So, you, you know, the, the point about Ray is, um, yeah, you know, he, yeah, yeah, he's just that super over-aggressive top laner that you find in solo queue. And I'm just waiting for him to pick something like top lane Vayne or top lane Yasuo just so he can tilt sh chakras off the planet. What about top, top lane Lucian? Yasuo's. Does top lane Lucian work? Is that a meta pick? Ooh, that might that might be interesting. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever tried that before. Toppling Lucian could be interesting. Man. I feel like if someone tried it, we would have heard about it. Yeah, you know, and I don't think I don't think they pick it at like such a pivotal point. You know, <laughs> like not, that no. does, that seems that seems like more like a first round. You know, like in the semifinals, like a first game of the semifinals type pick because that's a throwaway. <laughs> game. Like you just try and tilt them off the edge of the earth because the team you're playing against is known to totally tilt off of like weird off meta picks in the top lane so yeah. oh wait that was with who's that player i think his name was like it was like rain man or something like top lane for that team <laughs> dyrone roadhog maybe his name was roadhog, roadhog. I think his name was roadhog. I, almost certainly roadhog. <laughs> almost certainly roadhog uh yeah but you, you said it best if i'm picking the matchup in the mid lane you know dardock and, and phoenix versus keen and trent you go dardock and phoenix 99 times out of 100, this isn't going to be that close. I got Team Liquid at minus 200. Okay, you said it's not going to be that close, and then you undercut the line super hard. I See, 200 isn't undercutting to me. Like that's 200 so says they win 66% of the time. Liquid wins well, the series way more than 66% of the time. <laughs> yeah, then I'm an idiot. I, I said Team Liquid minus 260 because I had a couple issues with Liquid's play last week that we'll get to later, but... It ends up being Team Liquid minus 357. So Apex a plus 260. I'm not all that interested, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. And I thought you, I would think, be. You'd think that after all this time, I'd finally like figure out valuations. Like, minus 200 is only like 60% win ratio. Um, nope, but I just keep pulling these numbers out of the air because, you know, I'm an esports gambling expert. It says so on Twitter, and you can't prove that otherwise. That's that's true. I, I hope you know, Walter, there's this thing called the internet. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but they have converters for these exact things where you could just put in the percentage, and it will give you the plus, minus, and the decimal ratio. Is the internet that thing that I go on to to argue my opinions with other people? Uh, yes, but only one-sided arguments. You're not allowed to have arguments where you listen to both sides. One Got party it. has to be assumed guilty at all times. And it's also very important to establish that the person you're arguing with is a lawyer. Because if he's Got not it. a lawyer, every other thing he has to say means nothing. That, is, that is what I learned yesterday about the internet. Absolutely. That, and that's Absolutely. all I have to say about the Bottawa AMA. Because I'm just here so I won't get fined. CLG versus Apex. <laughs> that was perfect. I did what I could. CLG versus Apex. <laughs> this is where we talk about how good CLG is. Or, or at the very least, uh, this game is meaningless uh, okay. to Apex at this time. But it likely will mean a lot to CLG to close it out. This will be a day two game. So what does CLG need to do? to really prove that they have that that shot at the three seed, that they deserve it. Because the other match they're going to have is not a particularly close match. So this is the one where they have a chance to show against a solid team what they're really capable of. What do you want to see? I want to see this organization disbanded. Okay. What do you want to say <laughs> when you're not being a salty TSM fan? 
<laughs> removing all of the I rain thought, add salt I, in your I, heart. What do you have? Want to see? I, Oh, that's two Rain Man po- references on the podcast. I, I meant to say Rain Ad. I'm sorry. Like I was a, that oh. was a, well, I don't know if you saw the, the Hearthstone thing, but according to TwitchCon, he is a very uh, attractive and humble Twitcher who is known for his positive outlook on life. That is well, an that actual thing you can find on TwitchCon. So That does not describe either of those people. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, but besides the Freudian slip in my own head, man, I was really thinking that this was going to be like that time that CLG almost got relegated. And the only way that they staved off relegation was like a Herculean performance by double lift in the relegation tournament. I thought we were kind of slipping back towards that. Um, and I was hoping they were going to take the seventh seed and I was going to have to deal with them as a TSM fan. But God damn it. If they just aren't the little cockroach that could... <laughs> And here they are. They climb their way back into the sun. They climb their way back into the light. They aren't moving. You can stop on them 4-0 during the season, and they just keep coming back. Because there's that little crumb on the floor that says, League of League Championship Series North America Summer Split Championship. And until that thing is gone, they're going to keep crawling right back out there into the light. Uh, but but all jokes aside, um, Hui has been good. Could I give you a quote from four weeks ago on this podcast? From you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who he is hot garbage. Anyone who says otherwise is a fucking idiot. That player is straight trash. And this team is terrible as long as he's on it. See, I wish future Walter came <laughs> back then and warned me I was going to be calling myself a fucking idiot in the future. The best part um, about it is he's tied for second in player of the game standings. He's got eight. Single-handedly, one of the I guess when he's good, he's good? Yeah. When he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he is god-awful. But he's looked good the last couple weeks. So, I... Yeah. yeah, I mean, so much of that has to do with the meta, right? Like, this is a meta that is so built on these kind of sustain late game mid laners that are able to scale over time. You don't have to be a great laner. You don't have to have a whole bunch of jungle pressure in the mid lane. You just have to be able to not die essentially, and then be able to be a team fighting guy. And that's what he does best. He is good at team fights. He is good at listening to other people telling him what to do and landing really good ultimates when needed. As long as he doesn't have to rely on the laning phase where he could get killed three, four, five times pretty easily if he's not careful. And because there's not as much emphasis on the mid lane and there aren't ganks coming his way, he's been safe. And Stixe is no longer asked to be the super carry because it's more about utility nowadays. So he and Aphromoo are doing what they do best, which is just annoying the crap out of their opponents Either with a Stixe, Ash Arrow, or Aphromoo's Bard, they finally decided to play this split, which is quite nice. Would have been nice to see earlier in the split, but, you know, better late than never, I'd say. And and that's just where this team is. I, I will say this. If CLG is going to sneak the three seed here, and it is possible because they stole that game off of Liquid, absolutely, positively stole that game off of one really good who healed, and just some terrible aggro balancing on the Elder Dragon by Team Liquid. But they did win that game, and they have an easy game going in. If they get the three seed, I want to see Darshan look like an NA top laner. Is that too much to ask? Like, just for him to look like top six, top seven? Like, how many top laners are, are is he better than right now? 
Um, he, he's better than KFO. Yep. He's better than Quas. Yep. And I think I'm done. Just in how they're playing uh, right now. In, in, Zig? Zig's been playing well recently. He's good Zig at this Zig and Ray? Moment. You would put Zig and Ray above Darshan? As far as consistency, yeah. Darshan's what, – what do you think Darshan's KDA is this split, Walter? I think the last, last time we did this, you said it was like a 2.1 or something. So I'm going to go like 1.6. Darshan's got a 2.21 KDA right now. He is 6-1 and one on jacks. Everything else is hovering around 50%. And I understand that we're not going to see things like top lane Echo or Fizz or even Hecarim probably anymore from him. So his worst champions are out of the way. But the thing that distresses me most is his kill participation. Last split, he had a 63% kill participation. In the playoffs, it was nearly 80%. That was when Darshan looked best, when he was constantly coming in, getting teleports, being a huge part of these kills for his team. His kill participation right now is 50% which puts him at the lowest among active top laners. That's not the Darshan that we know. That's not the Darshan that CLG needs if they're going to be a consistent playoff team. And that might be good enough to be envious, and depending on how Cloud9 and Team Liquid play against each other, maybe they do get the 3C and they get there. But otherwise, I, I don't know how you win with Darshan playing that way, especially in this top lane-centric meta. But Walter, all of that into account, where do you put the line? I have CLG at minus 200. Yeah, again, you went too low. Same reason I, you went, I went too low, low today, time. man. I went low today. That was your mistake. You had no problem going high earlier. Yesterday on the EU LCS podcast, you did a great job. It's like you just forgot how to make picks between those. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. you forgot the lesson. You forgot what you had learned. And that's oh, like, like we forgot to not put. Phoenix one and three team teasers. It happens sometimes. It only happened twice, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and how'd it go both times? Fool I, me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, or something like that. Something shame on Echo Fox. That's I think <laughs> they're the ones who deserve all the shame this split, no matter Absolutely. what. Absolutely. Uh let's, I, I let's said get them naked and they have to walk naked through the streets to the LCS studio while Nick Allen or Waylon Roselle or whoever the hell is in charge over there rings a bell behind them yelling, shame, shame, shame. Oh, man. Well, you know, the, the shame bells might be ringing for them, but I'm going to win the, the round, so the bell rings for me right now. I get minus 300 on CLG. It's minus 417. I don't take Apex at plus 290. I think no, I... I think Apex ends as a 6-12 and 12 team. And we look at this team and we said, wow, they started 2-0 and and then just crapped the bed. And that just happened. And, you know, it's not the first time we've seen teams do that. It's probably not going to be the last. But we're going to move on. Let's get some quick hits out of the way here. We are now fully in our ring around the three-seed carousel. CLG versus NRG. We talked about CLG just then. NRG is not worth really talking about right now, the way they've been playing. Where's the line, Walter? Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing to talk about it. Again, I'm just super low this week, and I have CLG at minus 200 because I'm was, stupid. That was insanely low. I said CLG minus 400. It's CLG minus 667. That's, yeah, no, that's going to be a problem for you. You need to win the next three if you're going to come out on top here. Or at least prevent me from taking back the week you took yesterday. 
but it's going to start with Cloud9 versus Echo Fox. Cloud9 we haven't gotten to talk about on the pod, but I'm going to save this for their match against Team Liquid. Echo Fox is barely a League of Legends team. Where do you put the line? Cloud9 minus 333. And I win the week! Woo! Back on top, baby. But you know what? I'm winning the pop culture references week, so who's the real winner here? Uh, that would be me. That is how the score goes. Um, Damn it. It's like that great shocks clip where it's like, you won on points, we won on matches, so we're really both winners. He's like, yeah, that's what losers would say. Like, that's, <laughs> that, that's where you are right now, Walter. Hey, um, come on. I've done a Rick and Morty future walter thing look i've done a, a game of thrones one i've done a couple other ones like mishmashed here and there like i don't know i feel pretty good about that okay that's fine you can have the most pop culture references in a podcast award and i'll win and that's fine i said cloud nine minus 600 it is cloud nine minus 2000 that's echo fox at plus 800 don't you dare touch that i understand the phoenix one happened last week but let's Let's not get crazy here. The prediction model for that match gave TSM a 97% chance to beat Phoenix 1. This does not happen very often. And there are no unicorns in North America, so let's not get hasty here. The two matches left we got to talk about. These are the two most interesting matches of the week. First one is Team Liquid versus Cloud9. Assuming that Cloud9 takes care of business against Echo Fox, this could be the battle for the three seed depending on how things with CLG go. It's going to be a lot of numbers crunching, and it's really going to depend on you know who drops a map here and there. But these two teams have so much on the line in this series. The ability to play Envious versus having to play either each other again or CLG is just such a huge gap, as you mentioned earlier. At the end of the day, when you see these two teams lined up, where do you see the advantage and why? I feel like these teams are actually pretty even across the board. Um, I think Lorlo and Impact are just a complete wash. They're both really good at trying to minimize the advantages that the opposing top laner could possibly pick up. Um, Impact may be a little bit safer when it comes to farming, and Lorlo is a little bit more aggressive in getting kills, especially if Dardoch comes up and, and applies some pressure. I think that Dardoch versus Meteos falls into Dardoch's favor because he's just more aggressive and you can tell he is definitely more in line with all of his lanes where Meteos has a pretty good relationship with the bot lane, a pretty good relationship with Jensen and then there's only been a few times where he's really shown any sort of um, you know, synergy with impact. Usually they're trying to just leave impact off on an island and say, you know, good luck buddy. Um, but there have been some times where Meteos has gone to the top lane and has been able to get impact ahead. But I think just Dardoch overall is just a better player mm-hmm. and is just more in tune with what his team wants, what his team needs, and has a greater ability to carry mid lane. Um, I have to tip it towards towards Phoenix. I think Phoenix is just playing that much better right now. I think the champions just fit him a little bit better than it does Jensen. If this was like a pure assassin meta. I would tip it towards Jensen, but I just think, you know, Cassiopeia's and Rise's and Azir's just you sit much better with Phoenix. And then the bot lane, I'll give it to Cloud9, just because Sneaky is, is a lot better, uh, a lot better player, I think, than Fabi. But I think that for Team Liquid, all Fabi needs to do is provide utility, provide, you know, some damage, provide, you know, an Ash Alt, provide a Sivir Alt, provide, you know, roots from, from Jin. 
And Matt and Smoothie is just like a wash to me. They're the same player, essentially. So uh, I got to tip it, though, to Team Liquid just because that, that mid lane jungle synergy is just a little bit better. You know, it is amazing when you look on Oracle's Elixir, uh, which is run by our good friend Tim Seven Houston, who we really should have back on the podcast at some point. Um, and you look at just how these teams compare. Their early game ratings are almost identical. It's 50.6 for Team Liquid, 50.4 for Cloud9. They are essentially the same team across the board. And Baron percentage is the same. Jungle coverage is within 1%. Uh, Wards permitted is within uh, 0.2 points, which really isn't all that significant. On paper, these teams are incredibly similar. The biggest difference between the two is the kill-death ratio. Cloud9 right now has a 1.41 kill-death ratio versus Team Liquid, which is... 1.09, 1.09, just barely above average in that regard. But that's not really saying much about the quality of these teams. The thing that puts Cloud9 over the edge for me is that Team Liquid loss we saw against CLG. And it comes down to, at the end of the day, when you take all of the shot calling into account, when you look at who is going to be the one to make the decisive game-changing play as these two teams are likely neck and neck, who do I trust? And what Liquid showed last week is that in a high-pressure situation with everything on the line, I'm not sure I trust them the same way I trust Cloud9. That was a mess. They were up 10,000 gold heading into that fight and had Baron on them. I don't know how you lose that fight without trying to lose that fight. The fact that who he was even able to land that perfect ult meant that the zoning by Matt and by Lorla was terrible. It was, across the board, just a mess. And at the end of the day, if you can't close it out, I have real big issues when you play teams that are good enough to take advantage of those holes. And one of the things that I've always praised Cloud9 for is just this objective focused, if you give me an inch, I'll take a yard. You know, I will just consistently just outgain you with every little bit you give me until I squeeze you out. And right now, I think Cloud9 is more likely to make the better choice than Liquid is. And, you know, Liquid could prove me wrong this week. I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to see them return to form. But I think there's a reason they're 9 and 7 right now. And it's not because CLG just happened to win this one map. They've dropped maps to Echo Fox. They've dropped a map to NRG. They've dropped two to Envious. Let's not forget this is a team that once got 2 owed by Envious. They have bad days. They have days where teams just outsmart them. And when you're playing a team that matches you talent-wise as well as Cloud9 does, that's a huge red flag for me. So all of that into account, Walter, where did you put the line? I have Cloud9 at minus 175. Okay, you got this one. Congratulations. Yeah! I said, go. I said minus 150. It is minus 164. So that seems about exactly where it should be. Right in the ballpark. Yep. Team Liquid at plus 125 is, is risky. But we'll see where we find value here. There's not a lot of value to be found this week. But now we've got to talk about the big matchup, the one that we've all been waiting for, TSM versus Immortals. Basically the battle for the one seed. And it happens on day one, which is a... I think no matter when the game is played, the hype is going to be... Uh, incredibly 
high for for fan bases of both sides and for fans of North American League in general. This is the most anticipated map ever since these teams went two and one against each other the first time around. This has been what fans have wanted to see. These two teams have beat almost everybody in front of them. Immortals has only lost to TSM. TSM dropped to Phoenix 1, but has otherwise been perfect. And before that, Phoenix 1 loss had won 18 straight maps. That's not 18 straight games. That's 18 straight maps. That's incredible. And, 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 and honestly, it's so tough to say, you know, we could go across the board player by player, you know, you know how talented these guys are. I mean, fact of the matter is these guys are top one or top two, at lowest top three or four for their position across the board. These are all very good players. You're not going to win this series by out-talenting someone. You're going to win it in the pick-and-ban phase, and you're going to win it on the rift by making strong strategic calls. And Walter, when you look at how these teams play and and how this head-to-head is likely to look, where do you see the breaking point? What is the difference maker to you outside of any individual player matchup? It comes down to the the pick and ban phase, I think. It comes down to both teams not getting cocky because they have shown at times they can be cocky in their pick ban phase. We made the joke about the Lucian top lane that happened last last spring uh, in the playoffs between Immortals and TSM. That was a cocky maneuver. And Immortals and Huni especially are known for their cocky decision-making in the pick and ban phase. And then we just saw last week with TSM the Malzahar, the, the Rengar, and yeah, they banned the Rengar in game three, but this is what happens to TSM. They are not comfortable when you do something unexpected in the pick and ban phase. And if you can get it into the game, great. You know, I don't think Immortals is going to try anything, you know, cheesy. You know, obviously Huni has a super, super deep champion pool and can pull out things like Riven. We saw him pull out Cho'Gath against Rise when nobody else was ever touching that champion because he's clunky and his kit just isn't great. Uh, you know, it, it's really going to come down to which team is able to execute their version of how the game should be played. With Immortals, it's all about these heavy skirmishes now. It's using uh, Wild Turtle mainly as their engage tool, whether it's an Ash or a Jin or a Sivir. It's allowing Pole Belter and, and Huni to kind of run rampant in these team fights. Immortals are at their best when the team fights are disorganized, when they're chaotic. They are at their best when we're looking at guerrilla style revolutionary war era warfare. When we're talking about the Swamp Fox and the Patriot. That's the kind of you know on the riff battles that we're talking about. Where TSM is very much the old school, you know, revolutionary war era British, where it's lineup, everything is proper, we get this perfectly executed team fight, and we go from there. And it's a great clash of styles, and the first time that this happened, TSM won. Yeah. Their style won out because it is more refined, and it doesn't rely on some, it really doesn't rely on incredible, you know, individual plays. Mm -hmm. It really requires on this is your job, this is your job, this is your job, this is your job, this is your job. If you all executed on your jobs, like you said, we're top two in our position at every single position, essentially. If we execute the right job that we're supposed to in a team fight, we're going to win. Immortals, on the other hand, is let's just go crazy. Let's just swing away and see what happens. 
and it's going to be very interesting to watch these two tiles play out again in this series and then again in the playoffs. It's going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be the most fun game of the week. And and it's obvious that it's the game of the week. You know, it, it's funny that we talk about the first game last, but honestly, it, it's because there's just so much to unpack here. And, you know, to me, at the end of the day, I think the key is going to be Immortals will always make the first move. Immortals loves making the first move. Whether Rainover is trying to get Pobelter or Huni ahead will obviously depend on the compositions that are drafted, and that's where you know the pick and ban phase is really going to come into play. But Immortals are going to make the initial aggression, and either TSM are going to respond and react appropriately, and they're going to continue moving forward and just march on through like they marched through so many teams this split, or they're going to falter. And what Immortals thrives upon is that moment where you doubt yourself, where you doubt the call, where you doubt what your next move should be, because they never doubt. Whether it's the right call or the wrong call, they commit themselves 100% of the time. And it's led to things. You know, I've seen people on Reddit comment things like, you know, it's, it's kind of weird how bad Immortals looks for a good team sometimes. And it's because sometimes they will win games by making nothing but wrong decisions. Just statistically, if you looked at what was the most likely way to win they never made that move at any point over the course of the game but it didn't matter because they still made decisions they went all out on those decisions and they executed those decisions perfectly but a team like tsm can be smarter than that they can understand and take advantage of those little holes in immortals thinking and turn it against them if they allow themselves to remain that mentally composed and the key is that they cannot tilt. If they lose a game, like, you know, think about dropping that map to Echo Fox. You have to react. You cannot get stubborn and say, no, but this time we've got it. No. You learn, you adapt, and you let the machine do its thing. That is how TSM comes away with a victory. Because if chaos reigns and immortals can get under their skin even a little bit, then immortals might be the one seed here. And this incredible run of TSM being at the top of the standings for the entirety of the split might come to an end in the very last week of the split. And I, for one, can't wait to see either way. I think it's going to be just a fascinating battle. Um, so so would you say if chaos reigns over? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would say that. That would be the thing that I would have said if I was more <laughs> clever. But I didn't, so now I have to pretend like I dislike your pun, even though it was really good, and I'm just jealous, god damn it. But it's okay, because let's see if I can if I can win back my own self-respect by getting this line. Walter, where did you see this at the end of the day? Immortals at minus 135. Okay, you got this one all. Oh, you put Immortals favorite? Yep. Sorry, I was about to give it to you because it's TSM minus 130. And then I just had to backtrack because the fact that Immortals had left your mouth. What kind of TSM fan are you, man? What All it takes is one game? No, 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 no. This is not, this is not addictive of my Whoa. TSM fandom. Oh. This is addictive of everything I have ever fucking learned about <laughs> gambling in one moment. <laughs> TSM loses, and I'm sorry for all the bleeps that are about to happen because you said you didn't think there was an odd that was going to piss me off. And it, 
Here you go. Unicorn, right at the end of the season, have to get me in the back one more time. And I moved all the lamps out of the way. So I don't break anything this time. But God fucking damn it. They lose to Phoenix One. They lose to Phoenix One and Immortals have been nipping at their heels the entire time. Unicorn doesn't have the balls to make Immortals the favorite so I can gamble on TSM because they're going to get the 3-1 and I was going to make some unicorns back. Oh, I'm so angry right now. I am I am so angry. I'm so angry. And I wish that we did this in video and I wish I was like a mediocre Windows Movie Maker editor because I would totally pull some stupid out of my ass like the angry video game nerd does and I don't know, I would chuck someone dressed as a unicorn, like, out my window, and then my computer would follow them. And then my TSM shirt, you would just see it float down, slowly lit on fire. And I would ride off into the sunset, completely done with esports, until obviously we recorded a podcast, you know, next week. So I am, I am so, I've had to hold this anger in for, like, the hour that I've had this line. <laughs> And here you go, Internet. Walter, the TSM fan, thought by some cr incredible, crazy strain of thought that maybe after losing to Phoenix One and dropping to number two in the standings, that Immortals might be the f***ing favorites in this series. My bad. I am obviously crazy. That is such genuine rage. I am so pissed off. Oh, I am man. more pissed off because listening to the podcast yesterday... There was a fan, the fan just was too much. So I spent this entire podcast without a fan and I have so much sweat dripping off of me right now that it's not even funny. And then this is how I have to end this goddamn podcast. If, if this there stupid is, line. If there is any creative person who listens to our podcast who wants to either do fan art or a fan animation like Game Grumps animated style, you will become my favorite person on the planet. Because that shit needs to be put in the Hall of Fame for this podcast. That, that needs to be framed in the memory. That's everything. When I started this podcast, it was leading to that moment where you somehow turned on your favorite team and missed the fact that TSM always gets a bump. Always gets a bump from casinos. This, this is the best. I trusted in you, Lincoln Park. I trusted in you. <laughs> But in the end, it doesn't even matter. Well, anyone who heard Minutes to Midnight could have told you not to trust in Lincoln Park. But we're... Whoa, Minutes to Midnight is not amazing. But there are a couple decent No, amazing's in, uh, in Europe now. So, yeah. No, he's definitely not amazing. <laughs> you just completely neutered that point. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll save our Lincoln Park discography podcast for another day, Walter. But I think the fans here want us to talk about esports, so I'm going to desperately try to get us back on the rails, so we can do some this smart money. This train is off bets. the rails. It's done. Immortals aren't the favorite in this series. It's over. Okay. You get nothing. So nothing. So. All of that said, what smart money bets do you want to make this week, buddy? Good friend. So, Good not going to strangle me, friend. <laughs> it's not your fault.
now I'm getting like super sickly sweet because I'm still full of rage, but we need to continue this podcast because, you know, it is what it is. So That's I, I would like to take, I would like to take Team Liquid over Cloud9, if you would please, kind sir. Uh, I am okay with this. Team Liquid up plus 125 <laughs> over Cloud9. <laughs> You don't, I mean, you don't have to pander to me just because I'm angry. Like I mean, no, that's I mean, I just I don't know what other underdogs I'm really gonna love. I think it's a 50-50 shot. And yeah. Team Liquid has something to prove this week. I think after losing the way they did last week, I don't think that's how they want to end their split, is by on the last day of the split, in the last round of the matches, them losing to Cloud Nine. I, I don't think that's how they want to go. I don't think Cloud Nine wants to go that way either, but I think it's gonna be very close. We know how well spite bets have worked for me betting against Rockat. Immortals are at even odds right now in a series that you thought they should be favored in, Walter. Oh, no. I have spite in another way. Oh. Yo, Lazarus. I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but I would like to propose a two-team teaser. Okay. I would like to say that Counterlogic Gaming goes 2-0 this week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if there's any value in that. Uh, there is no value in that. We would be getting worse than minus 200 odds taking them in both of those series. If we're going to look for value, can I suggest Phoenix 1 plus 130 over Envious? Because I don't think Envious is good. Screw it! Let's hop on the Inori hype train! I'm all in. All you need, I'm one Rengar game and then one game where Envious shoots themselves in the foot. Sure, That's entirely reasonable. Phoenix one just, you know, wins another game because we're just going to go back to that Phoenix metaphor that I had at the beginning of the year. And it was a perfect choice by the executive producer who brought us such, you know, such wondrous gems such as Paul Blart, Mall Cop number two. We, we, uh, we need one more, Walter. I, so, so, so here's what I have to bring up. Echo Fox has not won in a while. Haven't won in a while. Yeah, and they're not going to. We established this at the oh, beginning. Oh, but not- remember, remember the clever little thing I said about Rocket two weeks ago. At at some point, bad teams do have to win. They have to win something. No, they don't. Well, they already won a game. They yeah. already won one match. They got theirs. They're done. Never mind. Fine. It's Cloud I- Nine, and it's envy. Like I guess you'd say envious, but no. I was just man. I there's not I- a lot of value here. Here's what we could do. What if we just took all of the heavy favorites? So you take TSM over NRG, CLG over Apex, Immortals over Phoenix One, Cloud9 over Echo Fox, CLG versus NRG, Liquid over Apex. Are you literally just picking every other game outside of Immortals and TSM? Any game that is above minus 200 I have put in here. And all of those games would get us plus 111 odds. So that is literally every other game outside of Immortals versus TSM. Yes. Which we <laughs> should, which you should gamble Phoenix, on. There, there's, a, there's a Phoenix 1 game in there. But no, no, not in this one. We're betting against Phoenix 1 in this one. Yeah, and we've lost two three-team teasers because of it. But this isn't a three-team teaser, Walter. This is a six-team teaser. It's entirely different. Go big or go home. Let's do Screw it. it. Sixteen teaser. Literally gamble every other game on one bet slip that isn't Immortals versus TSM, Phoenix One versus Envious, or Team Liquid versus Cloud Nine. Let's do it. Yeah, it's a sixteen teaser. And the best part is, all of that gives us plus one eleven. That's 
almost no value. It's literally because we're already in the red and we might as well have some fun. So to wrap it up, Team Liquid what plus 125 over Cloud9. Phoenix won plus 130 over Envious. And the favorite in every other series than the ones we just named in Immortals versus TSM at plus 111. Just assume that North America sorts itself out. Remember, this is the league that had a week in which no underdogs won. So the idea that all six of these go our way is very much in play. But that's going to be a podcast. And that's the regular season wrapped up, Walter. We've done it. That's 18 episodes that you guys have been able to enjoy on SlingshotEsports.com. They are our presenting sponsor, and they are home to a ton of wonderful content, uh, including some Counter-Strike interviews. I've done a couple on there that have been great. Uh, Amanda has done a whole bunch of stuff about the Evo uh, tournaments. She went to go see those, and she's done some really great pieces. Uh, You see a lot of great articles from the Korean League of Legends scene, from Andrew Kim. There's just so much content in so many games, all across whatever you love, that you should absolutely go check out at SlingshotEsports.com. You should also check out the podcast at SoundCloud.com slash EsportsRoughDrafts or on iTunes if you search on for Rough Drafts on the podcast section there. You can subscribe on both of those places. And if you leave us an iTunes review, it really does make us happy on the inside. They're really fun to read. We really appreciate every single one of them. Uh, and it helps with all the algorithms and everything else. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. I'm at RedShirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Hey, you know, you guys, uh, I know I got a little a little aggressive there at the end. A little. I just, I just want to apologize for that. I know that you viewers, you tune in because you like listening to hard-hitting, uh, unbiased coverage of both North American and European LCS scenes. And uh, you are you are really righteous people that don't believe in anything that be, could be constituted as sin. Uh, so no, you know, no <laughs> drugs, no alcohol, no sex, no gambling. So I just want to <laughs> say I am so sorry for that little outburst. You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And Jake from State Farm, that one was for you. I feel like anyone who's listened to this podcast for more than five minutes has probably realized that Angry Walter is the best reason to listen every week. So I feel like listening to you and following you on Twitter is the best way to concentrate everything you love about this podcast. Also, you can follow the podcast itself at Rough Drafts Pod. That's where you're going to get our live reactions to games. I haven't been live tweeting in a while because behind the scenes, I have vertigo. It's not very fun. But I'm going to be glued at home this week. I have nothing I'd love to do more than live tweet some League of Legends games. So I'm going to try to do that as much as I can. I know Walter will likely be doing the same. Usually I'd say to come back next week, but there actually hasn't been a formal announcement as to what happens next, whether they're going to do the promotion series and then the playoffs or whether they're going to take a week off and then do the playoffs. We might try to do something if we can. I'm just going to say that you guys should come back and uh, we will be back. And if you're subscribed... You'll know exactly when that is. Otherwise, stay tuned to our Twitter. We'll try to do a fun episode next week. And until then, goodbye, Internet.